Hi there, and welcome to Just Past Dark. This is our very first episode. Hello, welcome. We are so excited to be starting our podcast with you. Have you checking us out? So if you're trying to listen in order, this is number one. And (laughs) if you're not, then just ignore this. Uh, I'm Jen. And I'm Darlene. And uh, we decided to, in honor of Lorraine Warren, who we think was an amazing woman, make our first podcast about the Amityville Horror. Yes, though, you know, I think when the information about the Amityville Horror first came out and when the movies first came out, a lot of people didn't know anything about Ed and Lorraine Warren. And now we all know, or... I guess I'm assuming everybody is like a horror fan and stuff if you're listening to this. But in case you're not, um, (laughs) Ed and Lorraine Warren are demonologists and they've investigated a lot of different hauntings and things. Most notably where they're first introduced to the movie going public is in The Conjuring. But Amityville is actually one of the very famous hauntings that they were called in on to investigate. Hence us deciding this would be a great one to dedicate to Lorraine. Mm, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think I read at one point they had like over 4,000 investigations or something over their Mm -hmm. time. So that's, that that is a lot, Especially if any of them are even close to Amityville and (laughs) their other big ones. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there's like some that were probably just little whatever, but anything that you're investigating something that might be an evil spirit um, or some kind of demon or ghost or anything, I think, you know, that's a pretty big deal, regardless of how big it ends up being media-wise. So... We're pretty excited to, you know, have found out about them. And the Amityville Horror is one of those things that there are so many different stories about that mm-hmm. that will be really interesting to kind of go over some of them and talk to you about them. So on the Amityville House, that is 112 Ocean Avenue. And as we were researching for this, you had found out that they changed the address, and now it's 110 Ocean Avenue, right? Yes. Um, someone who bought the house, like, I think it was, like, the second or third family after the Lutzes, which the Lutz family is the famous family that the movie is directly about. Um, mm-hmm. It was one of the families that said nothing ever happened to them there, but they changed the address. I'm assuming... So that people weren't like, oh, my God, 112 Ocean Avenue. But if you drive down (laughs) Ocean Avenue, like, you're not going to be able to miss it. We've all seen the pictures. So I don't see, I mean, I personally looking for it wouldn't be driving down Ocean Avenue looking for a number. I'd be looking for the house. Exactly. Because that is a very uh, distinctive looking house. (laughs) And changing the address i yeah and plus there probably aren't that many houses even on the street yeah so. i i wouldn't <laughs> think it's that long a street that you could change your house number and suddenly it'd be very confusing for everybody 
Right. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. You fooled us, right? I don't think so. <laughs> no, not at all. But it's pretty interesting that there's enough attention surrounding the house that they, you know, thought, heck, might as well try it. Maybe we'll have a few less people looking at our house. But um, I think it's because we're all so interested in what really happened there. Mm-hmm. With the Lutzes saying one thing and people who live there after them saying something that seems very different. Um, and then what we know for sure happened with the DeFeo family. I think it's just mm-hmm. we're also interested that that's why people end up driving over there and trying to see the house and, you know, see if you get like some sort of vibe from it or something. Right. Yes. If you've ever been there or been, you know, outside of it, around it, let us know if it feels as creepy as I think it does. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> neither of us have actually ever been to it. Not that we wouldn't no. want to go. We just haven't had the opportunity to. But the the vibe there has, there has to be something there. Um, mm-hmm. Because I've heard so many different things when, you know, they say, well, whatever was done there somehow was brought out by the Lutz family. Whatever was right. there. the What was happening with the DeFeos and what was happening with the Lutz family brought it out. And these other families, for some reason, didn't. And that that's the only reason. But I don't know. I am... Um, I know well, that. I th- Go ahead. Uh, I think that I know you and I have talked about this before, but I, it, I kind of actually believe with believe that what where you're going with it because mm-hmm. um, it it is. I think it does. The person is you know whether it's whatever a spirit, a ghost, demon, you know whatever it is that you're thinking or you believe in is attracted to that person. Maybe the person is more open. Maybe, um, you know, they've dabbled in things like they say George Lutz did, uh, mm-hmm. you know, dabbled in the supernatural, things like that. But I, I definitely think that that plays a big part in you being able to contact things or not. That's exactly what I think. I think that whatever happened to the Lutzes in there... Um, I think that there was just something about them that brought it out. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, I mean, the fa- even the family that's living there now, you don't hear anything about. But if we go back and we found this quote from uh, Lorraine Warren when she was, uh, they were interviewing her when The Conjuring was coming up. So she had said, Amityville was horrible, honey. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. It followed us straight across the country. I don't even like to talk about it. I will never, ever go in the Amityville house ever again. You don't know how long my career is. That's the only one. So that says a lot. Yeah, <laughs> right there. That, when I read that, I thought, oh, my God. This woman who has, you know, seen all these different things 
that place is the place that is there's something so dark in it she doesn't want to go back ever again yes and if there's something that dark and you're open to that kind of thing at all of course you're going to feel it and you're going to see it and after reading so much of the stuff about what happened with the DeFeos and then the Lutzes, I think there's no way that it was just no supernatural anything happening at all. There's just too much. I mean, you can always explain stuff away, but... You have to find like a weird explanation that doesn't really make sense. Really, maybe you need to just look at okay, <laughs> something happened there. Something really weird that I don't need to understand is actually happened there and just let it go, right? Exactly. Well, for those of you who maybe have only seen the movie or just know a little bit about it, um, In the movie, you see George Lutz, and it almost seems as if he's being possessed by Ronnie DeFeo. Um, (laughs) It almost seems like he's being possessed by Ronnie DeFeo. Um, Mm -hmm. And really, if you read the stuff, it was more the family. The DeFeos lived there. Something happened that made him kill his whole family. Somehow. He was able to murder all of them with none of the others even trying to get up and do anything about it. Right. And for somebody that didn't have any previous issues, you know, that's that we found anyway, you know, for DeFeo to um, just murder his whole family like that out of the blue and not think that there's something weird or supernatural. Um I don't know. I mean, I understand that there are people that try to explain away, like you're saying, and there are, you know, different books and things like that. And, but still, I mean, how do you just murder your brothers, sisters, parents out of nowhere, you know? Exactly. And I found it really interesting that While they make the argument that, oh, well, there could have been another person, another person there with him helping that, you know, made this happen. In reality, the fact that, I mean, if you live in a house and I know if someone started shooting in my house, and granted, my house is probably not as big as that house, but they we're not on different floors. All the bedrooms were, you know, not that far Mm -hmm. away from each other. If you hear a shotgun go off, it's going to wake you up. You're not still going to be laying in your bed. Mm -hmm. Just like, okay, maybe if I just wait, it'll go away. Anybody would move, get up. And there were no, oh, it looks like his sister tried to run and he shot her and dragged her down the hallway or anything. There was no, blood like where maybe someone was moved they were in their beds and that is actually a really good point because how do you explain that i mean you know some theories are that the sister you know it was actually the sister's idea and she helped him 
Um, and that when he came back into the house and saw that she killed the little kids, that he killed her, something along those lines. But how exactly what you said, how is it that nobody gets up? It's not like you can't hear that. It's going to scare you if you're at home and you hear something like that go off and you're not going to lay still. Exactly. And if he did kill her, then what he told her, okay, could you lay down? Right. In the bed right. Come on. So I yeah. can okay. shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get in there. <laughs> that's the thing is I was like, okay, so there was no evidence of the bodies being moved, which says to me, okay, they weren't. And I could see there was no drugs in their system because they said at one time, maybe he drugged them. There were mm-hmm. no drugs in their systems. They just didn't move. They laid there. And he systematically killed them. Even if he had help, they were systematically killed without trying to get up or go anywhere or do anything. So if there wasn't something supernatural in there, somehow keeping them asleep, muffling the sound, doing something, then how else would that have happened? I mean, I, I believe that something possessed him. And so when he did that, they didn't wake up because it didn't let them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, uh-huh. I mean, it was the father, the mother, four kids, and mm-hmm. they were face down. So um, something had to be there helping him that was otherworldly, I guess. <laughs> exactly. That's what I always think, that something like that had to have happened and so when they say that um when the Lutzes say they something happened to them in there right I think so and that's what the movie is about what happened to the Lutzes um a lot of people have said since because no one that has lived in the house since has had anything happen or at least no one has said that they've had anything happen. Uh, one of the quotes I always think of that Kathy Lutz said was, things of this nature happen quite frequently. And when they happen to families, they usually close the door and they don't talk about it. And unless these things are talked about, they'll never be understood. So no one has said anything happened to them. But if doesn't it did... Mean, right, doesn't mean it hasn't, though. After the media attention, calling the Lutzes liars and all this stuff, I don't know, unless something terrified you to the point that you ran out of the house like they did in the middle of the night in your pajamas and never went back, unless something scared you that bad, maybe you wouldn't say anything. The families don't stay there. They move. So it's not like someone's bought it and went, this is our perfect house and stayed in it. Right. It's no, I mean, actually we, I forgot to research that how many owners there have been. Um, I know that it was just repurchased again in like 2017, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be the most recent, but um, the Lutzes bought the house like a year after the murders happened. Right. And how long did they stay? They didn't stay long at all. (laughs) 28. 28 days? Yeah. 28 days. They did not stay long at all. That's got to be the, 
the fastest um, move in and out ever. Exactly. And for it to, I mean, in 28 days, you move into your dream house. And on the 28th day in the middle of the night, you're grabbing your kids in their pajamas, your kids and your dog and leaving. And none of them ever went back to that house. Anything they got out of there, other people brought to them. They could only sell the house because Lorraine Warren went in and got the deed for them so they could sell it. They refused to re-enter the house. And that's an extreme reaction for the people saying, well, they made it up or whatever. They went to some major extremes to sell that story then because. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, you really, if you've got the deed to your house in the house, you can't sell your house and you're not going to go in there and get that piece of paper. Something is wrong. Exactly. And we researched where they said that the Lutzes were bought the house and then couldn't pay for it and they were underwater with their bills and that's why they did this. But you know what? We know, and I'm sure you know, if you have bills, it takes more than 28 days to be underwater from them. Even if you don't pay anything, it takes longer than 28 days for you to really be in trouble from them. Right. And I mean, granted, the 70s, you know, money is obviously different. They bought um, the house for only 80000 which, I mean, if you look at it in now, uh, times now, that would be like, holy crap, that's really cheap, which, but for the size and location of that house, it was, you know, considered a steal back then uh, mm-hmm. because they were right, you know, by the water. They're on the East Coast. Everything costs more out there anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> It had a pool. It had, I mean, it was huge. It's a beautiful house. Uh, do, you know, I don't get me wrong. It is totally beautiful. I would love a house like that. And with all the details and the creepy windows and everything, I would probably pop those out though and do like spider web windows in those. That might be cool. <laughs> but um, and, yeah. And it's different because those windows are actually what face the street. The mm-hmm. house is built sideways. And I guess the house next to it is as well, but it's Which built is sideways. Kind of weird. And those windows look like eyes, but anyway. They totally uh, <laughs> So, yes, the Lutzes. So, when they bought the house, yeah, it was like 13 months after DeFeo's. And when she was unpacking, a priest came uh, to the house to bless the house. He went upstairs to the second floor, uh, which that bedroom was Mark and John DeFeo's bedroom to the kids. Uh, he started to you know, sprinkle the holy water, and then he heard a voice that said, get out. So, of course, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that makes sense, wouldn't you? I mean, if something was like, get out, I would be like, okay, we need to go. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't have to tell me twice. So we need to just get out of here. And there's so much, um, if you look at pictures when people went into the house, when the Warrens and um, I think some priests from the Catholic Church and stuff went into the house afterwards to see if it 
was indeed haunted. And I'm sure you can tell from the quote we read from Lorraine that she felt it definitely was. They went in and they took pictures. They tried to check out if they heard sounds. And in one place at the top of the stairs in a spot where the Lutzes said it was always cold, one of the cold spots in the house, they actually captured an image of a spirit that appeared as a little boy peering over the railing. Hmm. I wonder where he came from. (laughs) So it definitely looks, and he's in his pajamas. And I wonder, is it one the ghost of one of the DeFeo children. It's not clear enough to tell what he really looks like, but it definitely looks like a child standing there. I mean, to me, there it looks no question like a child standing there. It doesn't look like right. it could be anything else. And it's just amazing to me. And with Lorraine saying that she would never go back in that house that the, it was it followed the evil followed them across the country mm-hmm. i yeah um <laughs> if something that felt that dark told me to get out i would definitely be gone yeah i no i wouldn't hesitate um unfortunately though the priest didn't tell the family about the voice but at least he told them not to use that room as a bedroom uh, don't let anybody sleep in there. And they did. They made it, what, into like a sewing room or something, I think. Yeah, it was a sewing room. And the flies, that's the room with the flies. Ah, if you was it? have, <laughs> yes, if you have seen the movie or read the book or anything, that room is the room with all the flies. And there's actually an interview with their son um a documentary on amazon called my amityville horror he's an Mm -hmm. adult now he's a little difficult to take he's not the most people oriented person but if you keep in mind that since he was a teenager everything that he says happened to him has been said it's probably a lie and it super traumatized him i don't know everybody would probably be pretty cranky But he says that he went in there and would take a rolled up newspaper and kill the flies. And then Mm -hmm. he talks about one time where he did that and he had killed so many of them. And he left the newspaper in the room, went down to tell his mom, hey, look, I got all I killed all of them. And they went up there and all the dead flies were gone. The newspaper Mm -hmm. was gone and it was just full of them again. So, yeah, the priest maybe should have said, hey, you know what? Not only should you not make that room a bedroom, you should not make this house your house. (laughs) Exactly. Because they were saying that from the first night they moved in, that they felt weird stuff. And then with just within a few days, the family's personality had just drastically changed against each other. Arguing, things like that has to be I mean everybody knows if you have family at all and we both do if you have family you know the temperament of your family you basically know your house generally has the same kind of vibe in it all the time and if someone like stays with you who is negative 
it can really sort of knock off your family mojo a little bit and you're all kind mm-hmm. of on edge and irritated and you end up arguing more and things like that. So imagine what would happen if the thing staying with you was a presence that could really mess with your head and was truly dark, not just an irritating mother-in-law or something. And <laughs> it, it would change. It would change your whole family because just, you know, a, a weird relative or friend staying and being annoying can change it. So I, I can't imagine what it must have been like for them, for everybody to suddenly be acting different. And then one person acts different and then you act more different because they're acting different. And mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty soon everybody's arguing. Everybody's arguing. Um, George and Kathy, their health started to decline drastically. Um, The daughter, the little girl, she started spending all her time in her room, and she was playing with her imaginary friend, like in the movie. Uh, But it was the red-eyed pig called Jody. Remember? Yes. Uh, And while she has not done interviews lately, the last time Mm -hmm. she spoke, she still says Jody was real. Yes, and she um, did say that uh, Jody was sometimes larger than the actual house itself. Yeah, so this was a place that from the beginning was haunted. I mean, Kathy said that on more than one occasion, she felt like someone had touched her. Mm-hmm. And she woke up once and her face didn't look like her anymore. It looked like this old hag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woman, and that it took several mm-hmm. hours for that to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said she looked like a 90-year-old hag or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and George had the feeling of never wanting to leave the house. It was like the house wanted him to just stay there all the time, which is similar to the feeling Ronnie DeFeo spoke about. And I think why the movie kind of ended up making it look like it was Ronnie possessing him. Really, it was just the same whatever Mm -hmm. doing it, the same evil, the same spirit, um, no one has pinpointed what, you know, you watch horror movies about ghosts and they're like, oh, this is the spirit that's here. And if we speak to it, we can make it leave. And we can. Uh-huh. And there was nothing like that. There was no, you know, the Warrens went and left and never wanted to go back again. So this spirit somehow didn't want George to ever leave the house. He had this feeling of never wanting to leave the house, he said. He wanted to just stay there all the time. Yeah. They did trace back, though, um, the Shinnecock Indians. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't say when, but it was obviously many moons ago. They had an enclosure on that land, and they used it to house the sick, the mad. Um, They were just basically left to to die there mm-hmm. um, so that's what the warrens they, they said they believed that the suffering um it was like all that energy built up um you know from the shinnecock indians 
made it very negative, uh, very dark, you know. Exactly. And there had also been someone that lived there before them who did a lot of dark magic. Um, Mm -hmm. They said they found out that someone who had lived there was very, very into trying to summon demons, attempt dark magic rituals, um, anything like that, which sounds to me like one of those instances where you open a door and Mm -hmm. you can't always close it. Um, Right. Especially since there's all, (laughs) sorry. Um, Especially since there was all that negative energy uh, from the Shinnecock Indians already there. Uh, Yeah. It's easier to, it's like a magnet, you know, it's easier to attract other things. Exactly. And, you know, I have to tell you, I looked up who had, how many people have owned that house. Now, mind you, uh people say that, you know, nothing bad has happened there except to the DeFeos and the Lutzes. But this is why (laughs) I don't believe it. Okay. So this is just after the Lutzes left. There have been six other owners. Oh, wow. Not counting the bank. Not counting the bank. Um, <laughs> oh, I wonder how, um, yeah. Counting I how long the Lutzes and the DeFeos and the people before them, there have been 11 different owners of that house. Um, From 1924 to present, there have been 11 different owners. Yeah, I and guess that's so. not counting the bank or anything but um yeah just since the defeos were mm. there from 65 to 74 then it was vacant from november of 74 to december of 75 mm-hmm. the lutzes bought it december 18th mm. of 75 and left january 14th of 76 it was vacant and owned by them until August of 76. Then the bank bought it and owned it until March of 77. The next family bought it, the Cromarties, and were there from March 77 to August 87. Oh. Then the O'Neills bought it and were there from August 87 to June 97. So they were there almost 10 years. Well... Which is pretty long, but the Kamarati who say that absolutely nothing happened to them and they were the loudest ones about the Lutzes not telling the truth, still didn't stay. They stayed a year, basically. Um, So after the O'Neills in 97, um, Brian Wilson owned it from June 10th of 97 to September of 2010. Um, from September of 2010 to February of 2017, David and Caroline Antonio owned it. And now it was, they bought it for, from Brian Wilson for $950,000. Wow. But when they sold it, they sold it for 605000 Wow. Wonder what that was about. So they wanted out of there enough that they took a A $300,000 hit hit on the price Mm -hmm. um 
And it's interesting because the Cromarties bought it for 55000 from the bank, sold it for 325000 a year later. Mm-hmm. But that couple sold it for 310000 Less again. Mm-hmm. Yes. The only person that like made money off of it was Brian Wilson. He sold it. He bought it for, for three hundred for three hundred and ten thousand and sold it for almost a million dollars. But that couple took like over three hundred thousand dollar hit on it. So these people who say nothing happened wanted out bad enough that they took huge hits on the cost. And right. you know, if you own a house, you know you don't do that. And the housing market changes, prices go up, you always try to get at least what you paid for it. Right. I mean, how, and plus back then, I mean, I'm not saying that $300,000 is not a lot now, but obviously it was worth more back then. And that's, it's a lot of money. So something had to be going on. If you're going to take a hit that big, you had to have wanted to get out of there. So whether they're saying anything or not, you know, fine, but fact, or well, not facts, but yeah, I guess it is a fact. You lost a lot of money on this house. Why? (laughs) exactly like seriously um what are you doing and the brian wilson they say who sold it for so much more did not live in it he spent the time he had it mostly fixing it up um his wife left him shortly after moving in Mm -hmm. and all she said was that she could no longer be in the house with him oh well there you go and, and wait, he moved how, out, fixed it up, and sold it for a bunch of money. How long did he have it for? I forgot what you said. Um, he had it for. Of course, I just lost my page because that's how. Oh, it's okay. Do things here. Um, he had it for. He had it quite a while. Looks like they lived in it for a while, and then he moved out and just fixed it up and sold it for a bunch of money. But they had it from 97 to 2010. But his wife lived in it for less than a year with him. Yeah. So it sounds like something was going on there. That's Um, the thing. It all sounds weird. It all sounds like there was something happening in it. And backing up just a little bit when you were talking about the black magic, um, that man's name was John Ketchum. Uh, and he was a practicing black magician. Uh, the house, This was before the house was built, though. He had a cottage right. on the land. And then, um, so yeah, prior to 24. But then uh, his remains are still buried on the property. That's right. They buried him there. And um, I John would and Catherine Moynihan <laughs> built it there. Yeah, I would need to know a lot about the land. Um, and when the DeFeos bought the house, I mean, something should have probably said to them, don't Some, live here. Yeah. Because the Rileys lived there five years before they sold it. But they sold it to the DeFeos for, quote, $10 and other valuable consideration, unquote. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) 
I and guess that's I in 1965. <laughs> I mean, houses were much cheaper in 65, but um, I don't think they were $10 and not that kind of house. So yeah, you can see why the Tejos took it. But, um, and they lived in it a long time. The DeFales lived there a long time. They were there almost nine years. Mm-hmm. But I just think that there's something up with it. All the people who say that that nothing happened to them still didn't stay. No, they didn't. And if I had a house like that and it was not haunted, especially right by the water and all that land, I... I doubt if I would ever leave it. Exactly. I mean, I guess if you had a bunch of kids and then they grew up and it was just you and your husband and you needed a smaller place, but I'm not one of those like small house people. Like Mm -hmm. let's all convert and live in a trailer. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like you well enough, dude. I'm sorry. (laughs) I need like at least a room I can go in. (laughs) You could just stay on the first floor. You don't have to go up to the second or the third floors, right? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I I don't think I would get rid of it because think you would have grandkids. Your kids could come visit. You could, Mm -hmm. I mean, you could rent it out as a bed and breakfast or something. I mean, I I wouldn't think you would leave it if there was nothing wrong with it. Right. I mean. At least not that many people would leave it. Like some people would. They would decide to downsize or whatever, but not everybody. No. And it's funny that you said that about the Brian Wilson's wife, how she couldn't stay there and how even though he owned it, they didn't, he or she or both of them didn't live in the house long at all. Right. They Mm -hmm. owned it a long time, but didn't live in it. So like, this is crazy for people to say that the Lutzes are lying, that DeFeo made that up at the last minute to try to get off, which it didn't get him off. It didn't do anything for him. So there was no reason. He's didn't get like a pass. And the Lutzes, no matter how much they were torn apart in the media, no matter how many people called them liars, and they didn't get anything out of it either. They had to run away and live with family. They left everything they owned. I mean, it, they've been called liars. You would, you would eventually, I would think, go, you know, this didn't happen. And if you listen to the documentary from their son, he he seems scarred, like something bad happened to him. Yes, he. Uh, that was Daniel. Um, yes. And... Like how you were saying how everybody was calling them liars and this and that. I mean, it it tore their family apart. Why would you intentionally do that, especially for no monetary value? I mean, what what are you gaining? What are you gaining from lying about all of it? They moved across the country, like completely to the other side of the United States. Um, you know, when they left. So they didn't want to be anywhere near that house. They moved to California. They just left. But yes, it did tear their family apart, basically, because if you watch the documentary about Daniel, um, again, that was called, what, My Amityville Horror, then, yes. you know, he'll you'll see, like, his, he's, was it, he was like 14? Was it 14 when he left? 
He left home. He was really young. He just couldn't take it anymore. He told his mom, I'm leaving. And he like lived on the streets. He lived, you know, wherever. He doesn't really specify. In the desert. He says he lived in the desert. Like in the desert? Mm -hmm. I mean. (laughs) I mean, something's wrong to make a kid like, hey, I'm leaving. I can't be. And uh, again, this was after the, you know, they had left the house. But still, it's um, something scarred him. He's something is definitely has changed his personality for forever. I would imagine because he's, I don't know how old he is now, but he's a grown ass man and it's going to take a little bit getting used to him. If you can't even get used to him. (laughs) Yeah. I watched the whole thing and I I disliked him through the whole thing. I thought Mm -hmm. I don't like this dude at all, but I believed him. I disliked him, but I believed him. And I think that's what made me go, this is for sure something that happened. Because it's really easy to believe someone that you like. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, if Brad Pitt tries to tell me something, I'd be like, "Uh uh-huh, Brad, sure, I agree. But (laughs) And you're not even hearing what he's saying. You're just like, yeah. Right, it doesn't matter. I agree, Brad. But um, if this guy who is, he's fairly off-putting, like, and I still believed him. I still thought, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This poor guy and that poor, the poor child that he was, yeah. you know, because he is very much not an okay adult. And he, he has a job. He, you know, he, he's a functioning adult. He's not so bad that he can't function. He has a family and a job. and But he is obviously super defensive. And mm-hmm. scarred from the whole thing. Um, and in that documentary, he'll also talk about. So George Lutz was not his biological father. They, when um, Kathy married him, uh, that you know, all the kids. Wait, was the girl? Did did they? All the kids were already hers, weren't they? Yeah. 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 Okay. He adopted them. And, uh, but, but yeah, biologically he wasn't, uh, the father and they, um, said he was into like, mm, excuse me. They said he was into like some creepy stuff, supernatural stuff. They were, you know, we're talking about books. They were talking about things that, uh, George Lutz, you know, was reading, doing, and we were laughing about this because I'm like looking at my books when they were, and I'm like, I got a lot of these books subjects that they're talking about, but. I don't have any demons in my house. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, wow, I have a lot of those books. And like, <laughs> I I have a teenager who collects random skulls. So I have there skulls <laughs> all over my house. Like, <laughs> There's one in my bedroom that has like a pearl in its eye and a bunch of like fake diamonds all over it that <sighs> he thought would be a perfect Mother's Day gift a couple of years ago. Oh my God, I so, love So, I mean, he's like, it's so pretty. <laughs> like, it's a head. Okay. But um, if you looked around my house. <laughs> skull pictures. Yeah. Mind you. I will. I will have to take them. Because if you looked around my house at like some of the things that someone would judge as weird, um, but there's no demons in my house. I don't try to summon them. And there's certainly no demons here. I mean, no, it's, it's not just 
his books. And maybe he was interested in things like that. And maybe he did try to dabble in stuff. And right. maybe living somewhere where something like that was brought it out. Mm-hmm. But none of the psychics or anything that went there seemed to think that it was really because of George. You know, um, they seemed more to think there was something in there. Um, Ed Warren said that he felt such a powerful inhuman presence that it was as if I were standing underneath a waterfall. And the pressure was driving me down to the floor, and I commanded in the name of Jesus Christ what was there to reveal its identity. I understood right at that point that we were dealing with what we were dealing with was no ghost. This was no ordinary haunted house. Yeah, because it pushed him to the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, whoa. It didn't like um, prayers because you remember the, the priest said, get out. Um, Oh, yeah. And then they asked the priest to come back after like weird stuff started to happen in the beginning. The priest would not come back. Um, so, I mean, come He's on. Like, I know it's my job, but I'm not coming. <laughs> They're supposed to, you know, unconditional. Yeah, no, he would not come back. Um, so they took a crucifix themselves. They walked through the whole house um, saying the Lord's Prayer. And then um, all kinds of voices started yelling and erupted in the house saying, telling them to stop. So I think that that energy from the Shinnecock Indians, that really negative energy combined with John, the John Ketchum dude, uh, Mm -hmm. trying to summon all that, uh, whatever he was summoning just made it easier for him. The energy be that negative energy from the Indians made it easier for him to summon who knows what. I think that's really true because there's another story from a woman named Mary Pascarella who went with the Warrens. Uh-huh. She calls herself a time walker. Oh, no. Nice. Which she basically, I know, I'm like, I want to be a time mm-hmm. walker. But she says she's able to sense and sometimes visualize past events in a particular location. Mm-hmm. So she was in the house and she said, I began to say my prayers and I was saying the Our Father. I looked out of the door and as I was saying the, she was in the bedroom upstairs where, that they say is one of the most haunted the places. Plywood. I looked out the door of the bedroom. Yes. I looked out the door, and as I was saying the Our Father, there were a group of figures saying the Our Father backward. Ah, okay, yeah, no. So I'm thinking they don't like, whatever's in the house does not want the prayers said. And she later became ill during a seance they tried to do and had to be taken out of the room. Mm-hmm. There were, um, when she was there... Uh, there were some other people that got um, the the Channel 5 cameraman. He suffered a really bad rash. He was having heart palpitations, shortness of breath, um, all kind of like weird stuff was going on when they were all doing this. Um, that was what in, when did they? Did uh, they, uh, they went in February of 76 is when the Warrens first entered the house. Okay. So, so. a month after the Lutzes left. Yeah, because then they brought the other um, March 6th. The Warrens mm-hmm. put together the, the professional psychics and brought them and the Channel 5 team. Yeah. 
Um, so it was just a month later um, when you were talking about the Mary Pascarella, the cameraman. So, uh, I mean, there was all kinds of weird stuff happening and they were getting physically sick. Yeah. Some, one of them said that it's, they said, quote, it's upstairs in the bedroom. What's here makes your heart speed up. My heart's pounding. And then that reminded me of that from what you said about the cameraman, the heart palpitations and Mm -hmm. stuff. So basically whatever is there is not cool. And we read you what Lorraine said later about the house, um, how she would never go back there. And she also said whatever is here is in my estimation, most definitely of a negative nature. It has nothing to do with anyone who had once walked the earth in human form. It is right from the bowels of the earth. Wow. Yeah. And that she also added, whatever's here is able to move around at will. It doesn't have to stay here, but I think it's a resting place, which makes sense when she said she felt like it followed them straight across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, that it could move, but prefers to be there. And they said that, uh, well, they felt, they felt the house could only be saved through a cleansing performed by an Anglican exorcist or a Roman Catholic priest, uh, because they were not willing to take on that cleansing. They didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. George and Kathy just said, look, we're not going back there. We're not doing it. Not for any reason. Doesn't matter. Um, we're not moving back in. We're not going for a cleansing. We're not doing anything. And they let, they gave the property back to the bank. They just, they didn't want anything to do with it <laughs> yeah. at all. Take it. I don't want it. <laughs> Which, I mean, like I said, I mean, if you, if you're listening to this and you own a house, you know, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. And no, it's gotta be. You something. need your money. Or your house. Yeah. None of us put money into something and then are like, never mind, just get me out of here. But they did. And I wonder sometimes if a lot of the people not believing them comes from all the movies we see where people have a haunting and then a priest comes in and it goes away and then they're fine and they seem to stay in the house. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these people just went, nope, done, not going back. Didn't hesitate. Right. Yeah. That makes me think, it makes me believe them more because I watch those movies like, okay, leave. The ghost <laughs> threw you against the wall. Exactly. Why are you there? Yes. <laughs> me too. Exactly. <laughs> and they didn't hesitate. So yeah, they're good in my book then. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening to this, I mean, you've ever experienced any kind of supernatural activity let us know. We'd love to know like what your reaction to it was. Did you leave? Were you like, okay, that's it. We're gone. Or did you stay and think, okay, maybe I'm crazy because I can see where at first you would think you were sort of nuts. Right. Like, like, um, we lived in an apartment in Michigan and my boyfriend and I years and years and years and years ago, um, (laughs) And every time, like, we would go in the kitchen and all the cupboard doors would be open. 
And I was like, okay, this is not normal. We need to go. And he did not. He was like, mm, babe, it's not. There, something happened. There were train tracks nearby. You know, he thought maybe the vibration. I'm like, really, all of them. But I was on team Let's Leave. Okay. Um, we had a month by month lease. So it wasn't like we were going to really be in that much trouble if we left. And it felt to me like we should go. And he did not believe me. <laughs> and it was always in the kitchen. And the cupboard doors would all be open. And I never saw them open. But I knew they were closed when we left. So one day he was in there and he was helping me. He was, I think it was pasta or salad or something. And he dropped this big glass bowl we had. It was like, you know, those big mixing bowls, those heavy glass ones. Right. And it broke. But he was always barefoot. He was like what he either had on his boots or barefoot. So he dropped it and it shattered in a circle around him. Mm. And there was so much glass, like more glass than I would have thought could have been in that bowl. It shattered in a circle around him. He couldn't go far enough out. He couldn't step over it without cutting himself, without cutting his feet. And what did he do he when that happened? <laughs> he was, he stood there and yelled for me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I came and I was like, Oh my God. And got the room, cleaned it up, and we moved out within the week. Ah, so then he believed you. <laughs> yeah, it was too weird because I was like, what happened? And he's like, I don't know. It just slipped out of my hands, but I dropped it over there. And the glass is, it, it just, it, it, it just shattered. By the time he like was like, what the heck? It was completely around him. And we moved out within the week because I was like, see, I told you, let's just admit I'm right and we can go. <laughs> yeah, you have to admit it first and then we'll go. Yeah, you have to say I'm right because I'm right. But yeah, we left and I don't know what was up with that, you know, And but we didn't really tell the landlord. We weren't like, there's a ghost. We were just like, we need to go. We can't stay here. Some weird stuff's been happening. The cupboard doors keep coming open. We don't know what's happening, but we don't want to stay here anymore. But we weren't, like, adamant, like, there's a ghost. So I don't know if people moved in later and, like, bad stuff happened to them or anything because we just wanted to leave. I, That's all we were thinking. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, yeah, because you get that feeling. I mean, I've been in lots of different situations where weird stuff has happened over uh, the years. And you, it's like you just you don't feel that fear until you felt that fear. You, It's like you, if you haven't experienced yes. it, you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> but if you do experience it, you know exactly, you would not hesitate. You just, you wouldn't. Yeah, you would go. Absolutely. And the fact that like the DeFeos didn't makes me think that whatever it was focused on Ronnie, they thought he was acting weird. Mm-hmm. And that was all. And the Lutzes, on the other hand, noticed it right away and left. And to me, they were just really smart to get out of there and not have to stay. Well, this is this is George. This is George's words on their last night um, that the final night in the house. Uh, and he said, I was lying in bed and everyone was asleep. Kathy lifts up off of the bed and starts to slide away from the bed and away from me. I feel something get in the bed with us. 
and I'm unable to move. I hear the kids' beds continuously slamming up and down on the floor, and they're being dragged. We heard these pigeons on the air conditioner top overhead from the master bathroom, and they're fluttering all night long. Well, birds don't do that at night. Um, I'm sorry. That's me. My point of view. Um, and, (laughs) And yet there are no pigeons there the next morning or any nest or anything like that. The lights flickered. We brought the dog up to stay right up by the bedroom. We tied him right to the doorknob and he's up going in circles and throwing up all night. Then it says the boys came down in the morning. They were at, in the morning. Really? I wouldn't have waited till the morning. I would have been, let's go. Yeah. I, I thought that I, for some reason I thought they left in the middle of the night, but then when you were saying that I was looking and they left in the afternoon, like they went, you know what? We should, we should go. We should go. But they just left. I mean, yeah. It's a, if it took me till afternoon, though, I'd have like grabbed stuff because I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? You would have. I would have. I'm a packer, so I'd have had like at least some of our stuff. Mm-hmm. I would have been packing like that. Yeah, that night. All night. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have been up all night packing. <laughs> like, no, can't leave this. We got to take this. Come on, let's go. Help me pack. But yeah, they were. Um, yeah, the boys. Uh, they were frightened. They were unable to get down. So they must have been on different floors, the kids and the parents at that time, the Lutzes. Uh, Kathy, mm-hmm. it said uh, she didn't really have any memory of what was happening. And yeah, they couldn't get a hold of Father Ray again. So that must have been when they decided we got to get out of here. Yeah. And see, that's... Um That's the thing. They, when the priest doesn't want to come and the families later have said, you know, they didn't feel anything, but these people, I think it's pretty clear that something really bad happened. And I don't think there's any reason not to believe them. Their stories never changed ever. No, it hasn't ever like switch up to embellish or go along with stuff other people have like thrown in or to make you know because like in the movies they add stuff and do stuff and they've never changed their actual story ever none of them ever did and it's interesting to me that both of the parents, both George and Kathy died from heart problems mm-hmm. after living in that house where they said they felt like heart palpitations and their health deteriorating. So the fact that they both died of heart issues later, I think is pretty interesting as well. It is interesting. And, um, I found these other quotes that they, um, because like you said, they have always maintained the same story, that this is real, you know, this is, uh, so in the year 2000, Kathleen Lutz, um, she's saying right here, some people have called our testimony about Amityville a hoax. There is nothing that I could say to them. There is nothing I could show them that would be new evidence that this is the truth. It is the truth. It is my testimony. 
It is where I came from. And to judge another's testimony, not having experienced it, not having gone through it or been touched by it, you don't have the right to. Yours is just an opinion, and the opinion doesn't hold water. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then, exactly. That's it. Exactly. And then do you see the one um, that George said? That was in 2002. Um, he's basically saying, it's my prayer that everyone in the room never go through such a thing. But if you know someone that does, the hardest thing for those people is the loss of being able to communicate with anyone else about it. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. That they couldn't find, not being able to find anyone that can intelligently help them. It's not talked about. It's not understood. And when it happens to you, you become an alien to everyone else. Yeah. So that doesn't sound like they were enjoying their fame or having a good time or doing anything that for any reason other than this happened to them. Right. There's so many little like things that they said and then later found out like when George said he would wake up every morning around 315 and after he said that publicly, the police reported that that was the time, the estimated time of the DeFeo killings, which Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have known. I mean, things like that where the house was always cold and it's just, they don't sound to me like they were having a good time at all. No. And And lucky that to make up a lie it doesn't sound like it. People don't lie for no reason. No. And again, I mean, people, when they're lying, there's some kind of benefit to you, you know, of some sort. There's, you have some, there's a benefit to lying. That's why you're lying. And I still can't find any benefit to this. I can't either, which is what makes me think that they were telling the truth and whether Something happened to, I mean, the family that bought it right after them says that it wasn't something supernatural that chased them away. It was all the the people coming and trying to look at the house and stuff that chased them away. Mm-hmm. But I don't, they seem like a very pragmatic family uh, i think if something did happen they would have written it off as nothing and moved on right they I would have that found some other explanation for it or something exactly because like we said at the beginning anything can be explained if you want to explain it you mm-hmm. can make up you know it can be well, like, like I said, we, we lived near the train tracks, and my boyfriend kept saying, well, it's probably the vibration of the train making the cupboards open. Okay, you can explain anything away, even though I was like, okay, that's stupid. That's not true. My mom, like, her house is right next to railroad tracks, and our cupboards never did that my whole life, but sure. Yeah, I am um, not far <laughs> from the train tracks here, and uh, my nothing does that in my house. <laughs> Right. But see, you can explain anything away. You know, you can explain a cold spot by the house was built weird. And so like some sort of draft comes through and it, you know, Mm -hmm. you can explain anything away. Um, The picture that the Warrens got of the spirit of the little boy, it can be a trick of light and it just happened to look that way. And 
But did you? I don't know if you'd say you that know, if you actually saw that picture, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't see how anyone could see that picture. We'll and have think to that. see if it does. Can't put that on our when we. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can't put that on here, on the post for the yeah. episode. Yeah. Because there's going to be a post on our website about each of our episodes. We'll include some links to information in case you want to look up stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. And some pictures, like, hopefully we can put the one of the little boy in there. We don't want to steal anyone's photos or anything. So, But um, if not, we'll give you a link to where you can see it. Because it's not, it doesn't look, I don't see how anyone could see that and think it's a trick of light. It looks like a child standing there. It does. With those possessed eyes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it um it is very um I'm looking at a picture of the house. It looks like a newer picture. It looks like the creepy windows. Somebody changed them out to regular windows now. Oh really? So they're really trying. I know that the people that own it now, it's uh, it was a private sale, so they don't have their names. And they said they put trees up to try to sort of block the front of it a little. So you can't just instantly see it and be like, Amityville House. So I wonder if they, like, changed out the windows, too. Well, if you look, um, you can look it up on Google Maps. And you'll see, yeah, the, they're square. And it's funny because there's like, it's like two houses away from their house. It's another colonial style house that looks similar, only it's not uh, facing the street sideways. And if you look up at the windows, those are square too on that other house. <laughs> mm, which I doubt they were it square. Does look, it does look like they changed them out. Yep. They made them. They're squared and they have like shutters on either side of them and stuff. They yeah, no. changed it. Like so it's still, I think if you knew it was the house, you would still be like, yeah, okay. But I can see why they changed those windows. The creepy eye windows were definitely. I would weird. have changed them. Like I said, I would have done like cool spider web windows or something. Yeah. That would have been I mean, cool. if people are going to come try to look at it anyway. <laughs> it might as well look cool. Right? <laughs> so I guess there's actually several houses on that street that look similar to... Uh, none of them are facing that way, though. But that must be like um, during that time and that, you know, location, that must have been a big thing, you know, that style of house. Yeah. And they said that one's only sideways like that because of the zoning the property was long instead of wide, so when the house was built, they built it that way instead. Oh, yeah, because if you're looking at Google Maps, it doesn't look like it's that wide. It's long. It looks long, the lot. And I know in the back, it goes up to, like, the, the water and stuff, but, yeah, it's not that yeah. wide. So it was just the shape of the lot. So they went, they built the house sideways so that they could still have their house how they wanted it, but not, it just doesn't face the street. It faces the side. So I wonder how famous Amityville is now. I mean, I wonder 
because it's how many years? It's like 40 years have gone by. Mm -hmm. Do you think the other generations, I mean, it is a famous movie. So, but I, I just wonder how famous it is now still Amityville. Hmm. I don't know. I think that, I think it's still probably, I mean, even if it, well, I mean, there's a whole section on road trippers, and this is, like, knowledge from, like, my, I'm a mom, we were going to drive cross-country, um, <laughs> <laughs> where you can, like, organize your road trip and all this stuff. There's a whole section, like, plan your road trip to the Amityville Horror Home in New York oh, with okay. road trippers. There you go. Because I know there's got to be more people like us. I mean, when I have grandkids, when they're of a certain age, I'll be like, yeah, do you know? And I'll be telling them about all these stories. <laughs> exactly. Keep it alive, right? Yes. But yeah, there's a whole, um, and you can plan your road trip there. And if you're going there and you're driving from this place or that place, other haunted places you could stop at along the way and things like that. So um, I think it's probably still pretty big, but um, I think those Conjuring movies and stuff definitely brought some of it back into people's attention because when they interviewed Lorraine at the time, she did talk about it and so people go, and if you, in the second Conjuring starts with them at the Amityville house. So I think that they definitely probably didn't make any owners too happy by bringing that up again. <laughs> and when they find out they are, and then you look at stuff they've done and you see Amityville and you're like, oh my God, I've heard of that. And I'm sure that people who have lived there since those movies came out are like, oh, great. Perfect. Talk about Amityville again. <laughs> uh, I can't remember, too, if we brought up that the Lutzes did pass their lie detector tests. Oh, my gosh. That's right. They did. They totally passed them. So, yeah, that was another So, thing. yeah, if you are going to be very analytical and believe in science straight up and not that, then... The fact that they passed those tests should tell you they at least believe they're not lying. And this is, uh, but this was what four, three years later. So I'm reading the, I'm reading the, um, I found the pages from the actual report, and um, he's saying right on here, like it's the questions that they asked and everything, and um, he's saying, yeah, that she answered well his opinion. She answered truthfully. Um, but this was, they did this in California. It looks like they took the lie detectors in California. Hmm. Yeah. I think because they just left, yeah. you know, and went to California, they were like, get us the hell out of here. Yeah, probably. And that, well, yeah, that's what happened with them. But yeah. And then they were probably just kept getting asked over and over and over that they finally just said, well, fuck it. Let's just take a um, polygraph test. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. So I don't know. Do you believe, 
Do you believe there are demons, ghosts, something, spirits there of some sort? Have you ever been there? We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear anything that has happened to you about it or any kind of haunting. Definitely feel free to leave us a comment, send us an email, and we would love to hear all about it. We'll even put you in one of our blog posts if you'd like us to and tell your story. Yeah, that would be fun. So definitely let us know and keep listening. We're going to talk about something different every episode. And I think we're planning to do weekly episodes. Yeah, so you can listen to us every week. Um, While we're recording this, we still have not yet decided which day of the week we are going to release the episodes. (laughs) So hopefully by the next one we record, we will know (laughs) so we can tell you. We will have decided and you can check them out. And then, of course, we'll let you know once we're on more platforms for you to listen to us on. Yes, we will be. Well, we're going to be everywhere that we can possibly be. We will let you know. And yeah, just keep listening to us. Keep uh, keep staying with us. Contact us. Let us know about any cool stuff that you know about. And we will just keep going and having And fun. you can find us on any social media at Just Past Dark. Yeah. How cool is that that we got that? <laughs> it was a sign. Yeah. <laughs> it was a sign. Yeah. We picked our title and then it was available everywhere. Yeah. So at Just, Just Past, Past Dark. Dark. That's right. Okay, well, I guess I'm done. Are you? I think so. I think we're good. We hope you enjoyed this, and we promise they'll get smoother, and you'll love it. Yeah, definitely. Just keep listening. We just got to get our uh, groove going, and don't worry. It's going to get better and better each time. Exactly, <laughs> but thank you for giving us a chance, and... We will talk to you next week. Next week it is. Bye-bye. Bye.